Hello. Welcome back to the green light. Green light. Nice. I like that. We kind of kind of teased it there and then really dive dove in. <laughs> dove did in. Dove did in. Hey everybody. I'm Jackson. <laughs> I'm Lauren. And this is the green light, as Lauren already said. And Lauren, what do we do here on the green light? We read unproduced plays and screenplays and interview the fantabulous people who write them. And that's exactly what we're doing today. Yeah, so uh, a little bit of housekeeping things real quick. So as you might know, this is releasing the Friday before Christmas. Yes, Next Friday is. is Christmas. Uh-huh. As uh-huh. such, we will still be releasing an episode, but we actually want to do something a little different, something kind of fun. Um, so As we like doing with our holiday episodes. Yeah, so what we want to do, we want to put you on the green light. Oh. So what that means Whoa. is that... We are going to talk about our favorite Christmas movies. So we are asking um, some of our family and friends, uh, and then, of course, all of you listeners who want to submit something, um, to just record 30 seconds or so of you talking about your favorite Christmas movie. So yes. you, all you need to say is like, oh, your name. It can just be your first name if you want. It can be your Instagram handle if you yeah. just want to self-promote a little bit. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um Say, you know, your name, where you're from, or just where you're recording from, and your favorite Christmas movie, and yeah. why, in like 30 seconds to a minute. Yeah, um, I'd, say, I'd say probably keep it under a minute would be best, yeah, yeah, I yeah, would yeah. say. Um, and then send that to our email, which is tglsubmit at gmail.com. That'll mm-hmm. be in the description. Yes. Um, and yeah, we will feature it on the show. Um, mm-hmm. Just make sure when you submit it that you don't uh, curse or anything. You know, we... Obviously, the script is kind of a, an exception there, but on the intro and the interview parts, we always try not to curse. Yes. So, uh, also, yeah, keep it clean. Also, we'll be taking a survey doing these as well. We also want you to say, and this will be very brief, so I won't add much, if you think Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> so give us your favorite Christmas Jackson movie. Jackson just threw that at me. I didn't know what and he was going to say. Yeah, Lauren's eyes went very wide. I was she like, said, what? survey, survey. Yes, we're taking a survey to see which green light host you like the best. No, I'm kidding. Uh, obviously Wait not. Wait a minute. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to massacre Lauren like that. But <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you. You're better than me in any way. I'm always. Um, anyways. You can run this podcast with Bill. So yeah, happily, man. Bill, <laughs> Bill's been waiting. Bill's been slowly poisoning one of us so oh that he can, he can come on and take over uh but Ooh. no uh, anyway yeah submit your clips and also if yes. you think die hard is a christmas movie yes. to tgl submit at gmail.com yes we will listen to them and splice them all together for a fabulous christmas episode yes and since it will take some splicing since it will take a little bit of work as all of these episodes like these, you know, all these episodes take a lot of work yeah like our our other podcast by the way listen to that uh we will actually Pro- when you're hearing this, it'll probably have been out for over a day at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, the Who Is That? The Mass Singer podcast, uh, because the finale of The Mass Singer was this week, I guess. We're it's we're about to watch it actually, but Weird from when you're listening to this, yeah, yeah, it's 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 wild the the way technology works. But uh, that one is super easy to edit because it's just <laughs> us spouting off nonsense for for 45 minutes to an hour. But this one, obviously, with editing the scripts and editing everything together and the music and everything, it takes a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, and this one will, too. So if you appreciate all the hard work that Lauren and I do, uh, whether it be editing or our opinions, etc., uh, subscribe to our Patreon. Yeah, it'll be, uh, link will be we in would our love description. you so much for a, a fabulous Christmas present. But yeah, yeah, that link is always in our description. 
uh, you can subscribe for as low as $1 a month. Yes. And we release all kinds of bonus content. Um, every month we do a green lit episode. And yes. this month we are actually doing another road trip episode. We are reading an original epic poem from one of our former playwrights, yep. The Tales of Grindleshire. Yes. So that'll, so that'll be wait. beefy. Yeah. And then uh, also another green lit, as, as we mentioned. Actually, yeah. probably be releasing that in a couple days by the time you listen to this. Yeah, because we're recording that on Saturday. Yeah. So, yeah, the day after this is released and what will we should we reveal we've talked about it before we're doing we? the the tv special the year without a santa claus one yes. of my favorite christmas movies ever that mm-hmm. jackson has never seen mm-hmm. correct i am a fraud yeah. uh but uh <laughs> anyways on this episode i think that's most of the housekeeping things we have follow yeah. us on oh, social also, media wait i need to see if we have itunes reviews TGL you talk about something pod. yes uh so i was just going to say on this episode we are going to be reading a script by matthew rogers Mr. Puddles. Mr. Puddles. It's a very, it's another funny script. Like we said, we got a, a a month full of funny scripts in this holiday season. Yeah. Uh, mentions it mentions Santa Claus, so it's oh, kind of a Christmas. Yeah. You film. know what? I'm actually going to put this in the description as well. A little bit of a content warning. Oh, there true. are some Santa Claus spoilers in this. Um, and there's also cursing in it, like a lot of our scripts have. Yes. So hopefully you're not listening to this with your small children. But yes. just in case, yeah, this is not one you want to listen to with small children yes. that believe in Santa Claus. Correct. Because he's real. Yes. He's real. And mm-hmm. we only affirm that. However, don't let them listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, okay. I, I don't see think any we have any more when review, I looked before. Yeah. new reviews. So... If Let's... you want to give us a free Christmas present, oh, true. leave us an iTunes review. That would be a free um, Christmas present. I will say, if you don't feel like recording a whole 30-second clip, you can also leave an iTunes review and say what your favorite Christmas movie is. And we'll read it on the episode as well. Yes, we will. Uh, so... Let's get started with our first segment. Before we jump to the script, before we jump into the interview, we're going to give you some, uh, some things that we liked this week, some things that we watched consumed listened to in this case oh, yeah. in our detour segment detour segment so how about i go first you go and then i end us off since i kind of have two. Oh, you have two? Oh, yeah, that's right remember? you do have two. yeah <laughs> so the the first this first one is is very stupid and i'm just gonna talk about it briefly uh then lauren has something then i will end it off with another a different christmas special in fact but so this first one so <laughs> this this is another, I guess it's kind of a competition reality show, right? Yeah, we have a lot of those. Yeah. We really love them. Yeah, we do. And I haven't seen too many episodes of this. However, it's something I wanted to briefly mention. BattleBots is a TV show on, I actually don't know what channel it's on. What <laughs> so, is it, like TMZ or something? I don't know. Is it, wait, TMZ uh, not, TM, is TMZ a network? It's on USA. Never mind. It is on USA. It does make sense that um, the same entity that airs Wrestling. WWE Raw yeah. would also air also airs BattleBots. BattleBots. So same vibe. if you are not familiar with BattleBots, let me get you familiar. <laughs> BattleBots is an American robot combat television series. Competitors design and operate remote-controlled, armed, and armored machines designed to fight in an arena combat elimination tournament. So I'm sure you have heard or have seen BattleBots at some point in your life. See, I hadn't until like last week. You'd never even heard of it? No. Wow. I, maybe it's just because I was a I was a teenage boy at one point and and liked explosions. Yeah, I still well, I don't do. know. I <laughs> I was a teenage girl with two younger sisters, so I guess I just 
was never exposed to that. You might have missed the battle. The battle boat. I might have missed it. You might have missed the battle boat. The battle boat. If you will. The bot boat. The bot boat. Uh, so yes, uh, we, uh, you know, we have a little more time on our hands, you know, we're, we're still working. The good thing about the entertainment industry is that you really get like a full two weeks off for Christmas. So I will be having like a full two weeks off, but you know, we, we, overall, we all have a little bit more time. It's the holidays. Things are winding down. So, uh, we, we originally got, oh God, actually I realized something else we could talk about. Or I could talk about, I guess. Okay. I don't know if I want to though. Jackson, this is unlistenable. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, BattleBots, we found BattleBots on YouTube TV uh, because we have a free trial for it. Uh, watched it. Um, it is wild. It's ridiculous. If you like Metal Robot Carnage, you will like BattleBots. If you like explosions, you will like BattleBots. If you like people who wear fedoras or, you know, are Crazy our teams, top hats. Yeah, you will like BattleBots. And that's all I'll say because Lauren said it was unlistenable. Oh, I'm sorry. You were just rambling a lot. That's all. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Got her. Got well, her. Now I'm sad. She'll she'll feel bad for the rest of the night. Anyway, it's fine. Got her. Whatever. <laughs> I'm kidding. But yeah, BattleBots is on USA. Uh, if you have YouTube TV, you can watch it. They just started a new season, actually. So there's a new episode coming out. Comes out on Thursdays. So if you have the time, watch BattleBots. It's fun. I like it. I don't no, know. No, I mean, I watched a little bit of an episode, and there's a lot of filler in between the fights, which was my my biggest criticism. Sure, but sure. But the actual fights are pretty fun to watch. It's a lot of, it's pretty long, too. It's like uh, like two hours long. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So just be prepared Again, for that. Again, definitely the same network as wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, all right. Go well, ahead, mine, Lauren. I am doing, is this the first album we've had? I'm trying to remember uh, if you this did is, one. To my knowledge, this is the first album we've I'm had. I'm trying to remember, like, because I thought, I knew at one point you thought about doing Folklore. But did I don't I? know if you did. I might have mentioned it, but I don't think I actually okay. did. Well, anyway, um, if, I, if, if we're wrong, tell us in the comments. I uh, my detour of the week, even though I think I might have listened to it for the first time last week, is Coward. the new Miley Cyrus album, Plastic Hearts. Mm-hmm. Which, so first of all, I think I've mentioned this on the Mass Singer podcast. Um, Miley Cyrus could poop on a plate and Ew. say "eat it," and I'd be like, "Okay." Why do you have to go with that metaphor? I don't know. There are many other it's metaphors just, you could Miley have chosen. Miley Cyrus, <laughs> I just like. It's funny because you know she's not someone that I was really a big fan of when she like was Hannah Montana and worked for Disney. Like I was never really that into Hannah Montana, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I've been I've been following her career pretty closely after leaving Disney. And, you know, she's definitely gone through a lot of hard stuff and, like, has had to figure out how to kind of be her own person after having, you know, a famous dad and then starting a career as a child star with Disney and Mm -hmm. just trying to figure out who she is and who she wants to be. Being one of the biggest child stars. Oh, for sure. For sure. But anyway, um, so I think Plastic Hearts is Miley Cyrus's best album ever. Magnum opus, if you will. Ever. Um, no, I just really think that she she just really like c- came into her own with this album, and I think that she um, her voice is like just such a good rock voice. It is, it's and a very I mean, good rock so voice. much of her music has been like pop stuff because that was kind of what she was pushed into as Hannah Montana, and like a little bit of country because mm-hmm. her dad is a country singer. But I feel like this really? album, who's her dad? Oh my gosh, <laughs> no, but this <laughs> album has Got her. like. A really strong combination of all of them, but with definitely the heaviest rock influence we've seen from her yet, which I really like. And I just like rock music in general. Um, But, you know, it really pays homage to, like, 
70s, 80s, and 90s rock, as well as, you know, there are a couple songs that have just a little bit of a country twang, but Mm -hmm. it's okay, even though I'm not a big country person. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just thought that with this, you know, like, the vocals were really strong, the lyrics were really strong, the melody was really strong. I thought it was much better than her, her 2017 album, Younger Now, which was still, like, a celebration, but I just thought it didn't have as much substance as this one. So I just thought this was really great. And she also just stuck a couple of covers at, on the end of this album that she's done, um, Heart of Glass and Zombie, which Both I appreciate because now I can listen to them on Spotify. Yeah. So, it, is, <laughs> it's, it, it, it has been really cool just to sort of see Miley's journey as an artist and as a performer. Um, yeah. I just, I just think it's, it's super awesome to see how she has, you know, grown and how, how like diverse her career has been with the, sure. you know her styles and everything and how, how I really do think she's kind of coming in her own now. I think it's I really agree. cool. Yeah. Cause you know, I, I feel like a lot of like it happened with Lindsay Lohan too, but a lot of people who are child stars tend to, you know, have a little bit of a, a time when they like. Are, are just having a tough time, you know, once sure. they get out of that child star and they're like, whoa, I'm finally free to do what I want. Sure. Um, but yeah, so I feel like she's sort of definitely making a recovery from that and also just really learning how to be herself. So yeah, congrats, Miley. You're awesome. I agree. Congrats. It's also interesting just listening to that album and then going back and listening to like, I don't know, Party in the USA or something Kinda like that. Kind of crazy, yeah. Just, just the stark contrast. Not everyone can do both. But exactly. Miley, Miley Cyrus can. can. So good for you, Miley. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's Spotify, Apple Music, whatever, wherever, Plastic Hearts. Yeah. Where, check it out. Wherever you get your music streaming. Boom. Uh, probably also can find it on YouTube for free. Uh, yes. Great choice, Lauren. Great choice. We don't do a lot of albums on here. I mean, maybe we should. Oh, it's fine. We're not a music podcast. <laughs> Wait, that, that's not <laughs> us. I also realize that music, like for me, I realize this about myself is that music for me is very much like an emotional thing. Like hmm. it's, it's not like I, I, I'm not good at being analytical with music. Oh, in terms like, of like looking at the lyrics and the melodies. And yeah. Like, like if I look at the lyrics, but that, that's not why I listen to music, sure. you know? And like, if, if lyrics speak to me and I, I like they, they, uh, they grab a hold of me, then I'll notice them, but that's it's not, fair. it's not always like, it's mostly emotionally for me. How does the song make me feel? I use it a lot when I work out, of course, as you know, yeah. uh, et cetera. So see, I feel like for me, the I first listen of an album is, is an emotional thing. And then the second time is when I evaluate, like, okay, is this actually good? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, for sure, for sure. I think I could do that with, like, rap better because I, I can focus on the lyrics more, you know? Huh. Uh, but that's just me. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just know I've been listening to this album on repeat, so. She has. It's yeah. true. She she won't let me sleep. She just keeps it playing <laughs> up in the night. Keep, keep playing say, plastic cards. I say, Lauren, please stop. I'm trying to go to sleep. <laughs> she just turns it up. <laughs> she turns it up. Anyways, that's not true. Uh, or you can decide for yourself. But let's end with a Christmas special, like Yay. I said. All of the Other Reindeer is a 1999. Uh, it's like a medium film. It's like 45 minutes. Wow. <laughs> so a it's TV like a special, probably. Yeah, so it's like an hour-long TV special. This has a stacked cast. So starring Drew Barrymore, Dan Castellaneta, uh, Joe Pantoliano, Ed Asner, Tim Meadows. Uh, I thought Steve Buscemi was in it. Steve Buscemi is not in it, but (laughs) he sounds like one of the people. Uh, And it is directed by Steve Moore, written by uh, J. Otto Siebold and Vivian Walsh. This is about a young dog 
So when Santa cancels his annual flight because of a hurt reindeer, a young Christmas-loving dog named Olive is convinced she has what it takes to get Santa's flight off the ground and save Christmas. And the reason why she thinks that is because Santa puts out a call to all of the other reindeer. Aha. All of the other reindeer, but she hears all of the other reindeer. She says, me, She said, that's me, and then she, this movie is a bit of a road trip movie because uh, it is her traveling to the North Pole with her penguin friend. Uh, it is it is a bit of a it is obviously a Christmas movie with Santa and and, and gifts and everything. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It is there is some genuine humor in this, uh, which is like you know for for Christmas specials sometimes it's mostly about nostalgia and this was a decent bit about nostalgia. But it also has some genuinely funny moments. The thing that I want to highlight about it is the animation. <laughs> it is because this is based off of a book. Okay. Um, and so it's really cool how they sort of take like the way the characters were drawn and make them make it into like a, into the movie, into the special itself. And I'll just say it: some of the humans, especially some of the humans, they look kind of weird. They look kind of. It's like a weird mixture between like two D and three D animation, and it's just it's really interesting the way that they do it, and it's it's mesmerizing but also terrifying at the same time. Like you can't look away, you can't look away at, at what what this is. Like look at this man's face, Lauren. Look at this bus driver's face, voiced by Tim Meadows. That's what inhuman. On Earth, it's inhuman, but he is a human, and yeah. So it's it's uh if you get a chance, this it is like looks like. Bad Picasso. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's 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 like almost uncanny valley because it's like super close to <laughs> humans, the way they should look, the way you know they do look, and so you kind of fill but in the gaps. Off. But when yeah, when you really look at it, you're like, huh, this doesn't feel right. Um, but uh, it's this is really accessible actually because it's the full thing is on YouTube. It's like full thing, good quality. You can hear okay. the sound. Uh, it's in English, you know. A lot of nice. the ones you find them in other languages. But no, yeah, the full thing is on YouTube. All of the other reindeer, 1999 Christmas special. Uh, I would suggest it even if you just watch 15 minutes and see the animation. It's <laughs> it's really cool because it's. I would say it's unlike anything we have today for sure. Um, obviously, it's a little bit older, so that that is partially because. But once again. Just that animation style, I think, is super unique and and is something that's not seen. So watch it for fifteen minutes just to get that, uh, get get to the part of the bus driver because I think that's about that's that's sort of like the first act, end of first act is when she gets on the okay. bus. So you know, watch that. If you don't like it, turn it off. If you do, which I think you probably will, uh, you can keep watching for that full forty five minutes. It's rated G, so even if you have children, it's fine for them. Uh, yeah, all of the other reindeer on YouTube. Go watch it. Go watch it. So when we come back, we'll be reading Mr. Puddles by Matthew Rogers. Uh, we also have a guest actor this week. We do so have a guest actor. Uh, Warren Foster. And yep. if you'd like to contact him, his, uh, I was about to say email, his Instagram well, will be, be in the wrong, description. Lauren. Yes. So we got a whole bunch of new people coming up for you right now. Next. Welcome back to the Green Light. Green Light. We are here with our guest actor this week, Warren Foster. Warren, how are you doing? I'm all right. Yeah. So, so give us a little bit uh, about yourself, Warren. Uh, what do you do? Who you are, etc. 
Um, but at the moment, um, just trying to figure out this acting thing. This is something new that I'm, I'm embarking upon. It's, it's something exciting, but at the same time, it can't be nerve wracking because it's something outside of the norm that I've already done, which is work for uh, government. Uh, I've done that for 20 years. I'm originally from Florida, uh, currently residing in Washington, D.C. Awesome. Okay, gotcha. Well, awesome. yeah, congrats on starting this acting thing. Yeah, um, man. It is, yeah. it is It is. a fun, wild, crazy profession. So uh, <laughs> we wish you all the best, of course. Yeah, definitely uh, right uh, this second, it's very stressful. But, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But yeah, and th- thank you for doing this, by the way. Our, our three-hour time difference, we're on the, uh, on the West Coast, obviously. So thank you. It's about, what, I guess it's almost 10 on the East Coast for yeah. you. So, so thank you very much for, <laughs> for doing this hey. for us. Right on. Not a problem. All righty. So then I guess we can, let's just go ahead and jump into it then, shall we? Uh, so today we are reading Mr. Puddles. Yes. Uh, oh, do you have something to say? No, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. But yeah, let's go ahead and get started. Yep. So um, I am Lauren. As you know, I will be reading for Stella. And I'm Warren, and I will be reading for Kevin. And I am Jackson, and I will be reading Stage Directions. Well, Action Lines. <laughs> action Lines. I always do that, don't We I? always mix them up. Yeah, that's okay. All right. Interior house for your day. Keys jiggle in the front door of a classic suburban home. In walks Kevin, early 30s, African-American, in a button-down with the sleeves rolled up and slacks. He struggles through the doorway with miscellaneous plastic and paper bags in hand. Still... I don't know who you talked to down at Party City, but they didn't have those balloons you saw on Pinterest. He carries the bags from the foyer into the kitchen. Interior kitchen continuous. Kevin sets the bag down on the white marble countertop. He looks around the house. It's oddly quiet. Stella. Stella. Kevin walks towards the living room, but something out of the window catches his eye. Digging in the backyard is a sweaty, distraught-looking Stella, 30s, wearing her traditional athleisure wear. Kevin exits through the back door. Exterior backyard continuous. Kevin watches as Stella furiously stabs the ground with a shovel, sending dirt flying. Babe, I tried calling you. What's this? Oh good, you're here. Take over. Stella hands him the shovel. What? Is it for the party? Not exactly. Kevin spots a black trash bag behind the pile of dirt. It's Kendall's dog. Kevin's eyes widen. Does Kendall know? No, and she won't have to if I'm quick enough. She'll be home with the nanny at... How is she going to celebrate tomorrow at a puppy-themed party without a puppy? Where do you think I'm going, dipshit? I can't do this. I can't morally bury my daughter's dog. It's fight or flight, Kev. Either I fly out of here and get a replacement before she gets home, or we, as a family, get to have a long, long talk about death. I'll think I'll take my chances with the talk. Now is not the time. Stella walks to the backyard gate and opens it. Wait, where are you going? He follows after her, setting the bag down. Exterior driveway continuous. Stella unlocks her car and gets in, quickly starting the car. Kevin runs up to the passenger door and opens it. He gets in to talk to Stella. Interior slash exterior car driveway continuous. Stella is putting her seatbelt on as Kevin enters the car. You can't leave. You have to bury the dog. I told you that's your job. And I told you, bearing is a rejection of fate that forces us to lie to our daughter. Guess I'll do it when I get back. She reverses the car, sending Kevin flying forward. What the hell? Kendall gets home with the nanny in an hour. Before this, it was with me or without me, but then you got in the car. Take me back. No time. Interior animal shelter day. Kevin and Stella stand gazing through an animal cage. This is a terrible idea. Come on, it could work. In the cage is an all-white terrier with its head cocked to the side. 
Mr. Puddles has spots. We'll give him spots with animal dye or something. Animal dye? Isn't that ethically wrong? I see people do it for Halloween costumes all the time. Just look for a worker. Kevin stands firm, arms crossed. Just look at it like Santa Claus. A little white lie. I'm also not in support of Santa. Why lie to our children just to give credit for our hard work to some? What are you doing? Stella reaches her hand through the gate and undoes the lock. The door to the cage swings open. Oh no. No, no, no. I'm not lying to our daughter and Stella in the same day. It's a shelter dog. We're doing it a favor. By putting it in eternal blackface? Uh, what? No, by giving it a home. She scoops up the dog while Kevin runs towards the door. Interior slash exterior, car slash busy street. Day. Stella and Kevin sit in the front seat. The new Mr. Puddles sits in the back seat in the middle, wearing a seatbelt. Stella scans the busy street, looking for the right store. Okay, where would one buy dog hair dye? You seem pretty confident on that Halloween hypothesis. You see a spirit Halloween nearby? It's January. Oh, guess we're shit out of luck then. Better tell our daughter the Thud. Stella makes a sharp left turn, sending Kevin's head into the passenger side window. Ow. Walmart? They have everything. She pulls into a space. Just stay here with the dog until I get back. As Stella leaves, Kevin checks the rearview mirror. Mr. Puddles 2.0 is staring at him from the back seat. Oh, don't look at me like that. The dog keeps staring. I'm not doing it, and you can't make me. A glance back into those puppy dog eyes is all it takes before Kevin unbuckles his seatbelt and opens the door. Exterior Walmart parking lot, day. Kevin opens the back door, reaches in, and pulls out the dog. He sets it on the asphalt. Go on. You're free. You don't want to live with my wife. She's crazy. She wants to make you look like a racist jester or Justin Trudeau on Halloween. Mr. Puddles runs away. Exterior Walmart parking lot, day. Kevin leans on the car as Stella jogs up to it. They didn't have doggy die, but... What happened? I let the dog go. It didn't feel right. Adopting a dog from a kill shelter didn't feel right to you? Not under these pretenses. Get in the car. We're finding that dog now. Interior slash exterior, car slash back road, day. They are driving around looking for Mr. Puddles 2.0. I cannot believe that you lack the judgment to properly understand the situation we're in. I do. I judge properly. This is wrong. People lie to their kids all the time. About the tooth fairy and global warming and stuff, but not death. What happens when your mom dies? Is that a threat? No. I mean, do we tell her then or do we scout the local retirement home for a new grandma, Bootsy? Obviously we'll tell her. There! Stella slams on the brinks, pointing off in the distance. Exterior side of the road, continuous. Stella creeps towards Mr. Puddles 2.0 as Kevin walks behind her. I'll sweep around and we'll catch it before it even knows we're here. They creep closer to the dog, Stella taking a wide circle around its position. As Kevin gets closer, he sees more clearly what the dog is doing. He gags. Nope. Uh-uh. I'm not. It's eating shit out of a Barbie dream car. I am not taking that dog home. Stella grabs Mr. Puddles 2.0 and carries him towards the car, his face covered in poop. Stella, please don't do this. Stella opens the back seat. L, please. I take clients out in this. She sets Mr. Puddles 2.0 in the back seat. Kevin groans out of defeat as Stella gets in. We've still got time, despite your antics. Kevin gets in. Don't refer to my rational thinking as antics. She starts driving. The only person being rational here is my- Don't you dare say yourself. Without me, you would have caved. Telling the truth is not caving. Like how a two-story townhome in the Burbs isn't settling? I didn't want to raise our daughter in some apartment in the city. That's how I was raised. Looks like I made the right decision then. <laughs> Excuse me? 
Maybe a traditional upbringing will keep Kendall from lying to her daughter. Stella is silent as she pulls into the driveway. Exterior driveway, continuous. She exits the car and grabs the dog out of the back. She walks inside, followed by Kevin. Mmm. Wow. So quick to get inside. I love driveways and not parking garages. Isn't suburban life just dandy? Stella stops and turns towards him, frightening him. Look, you're right, okay? I don't care. Just stop. Kevin stands speechless, and Stella heads towards the front door. He did not expect this. He snaps out of it and jogs after Stella. Stella, hey, hey, I'm sorry. Stella grabs the handle with her free hand and opens the door. Kevin jogs up beside her. Interior house foyer continuous. Stella and Kevin stand in the doorway. I just let this get them. They look into the house to see Kendall, five, huddled over the body of a dead dog laying in a torn open trash bag. Fuck! End of script. Welcome back to the Green Light Podcast. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren and I are here today at a, a lovely 10 a.m. PST Saturday here with Matthew Rogers, the writer of Mr. Puddles. Matthew, how are you today? Hey, guys. I'm doing great. Really excited to be here and to talk about this silly little script I wrote. Absolutely. Awesome. We're, we're excited to talk about it. Jesus Christ. It is 10 a.m. We're excited to talk about it, too. Uh, but we like to ask this from all of our guests just to get a little background. Uh, where are you calling us from? Yeah, so I'm uh, usually based in Chicago, Illinois, but I'm actually calling you from my childhood bedroom at my parents' house um, for here for the holidays. Um just Thanksgiving through Christmas and trying to spend as much time with family I haven't seen in 10 months. Awesome. So it's, uh, it's been it's a good time. And Fantastic. where is that? Houston, Texas. Oh, Houston, Houston Texas. Texas. I, I realized I didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> Houston, Texas. The, the closest I've been to Texas is driving to California from North Carolina a couple times. We yeah, stopped just in... just coming uh, through the top of Texas. Yeah, we stopped in Amarillo a couple times. So don't know if you're familiar I... with that, but that's where I've been in Texas. <laughs> You know, it's a it's a city I've heard of, but I don't think I've ever been there. Uh, Texas big state. is uh, far too big for me. Yeah, yeah. It is. Um, it's not totally unremarkable. There is. Uh, we had some pretty good barbecue there. That's true. We, we did also have very good barbecue. There was a cool art installation. What is that? Cadillac Ranch. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. So that's what we pretty know awesome. of Texas. <laughs> um, yeah, and you North Carolinians know barbecues. So. Yes, we, we do. God, it's it is different. God, it is we different do. barbecue, but um, but both are very good. And yeah, we, we also, definitely miss North Carolina barbecue. That's what I was. Yeah, God. You I really can't North get Carolina any barbecue. any good barbecue out here. My God. All right. Well, Lauren and I are going home in a couple weeks, so hopefully, uh, actually, like... A week from nine, tomorrow. Eight days, yeah. nine days. So, yes, we will get some barbecue very soon. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. So, uh, another question we like to ask everyone. Give us your writer origin story. Yeah. Um, you know, I've heard you guys ask this on the podcast before, and so I was trying to think, and it's it's just one of those things. I think I've always been writing um, for school projects, whatever it was. Like I was always the kid; it was a one page story, but I turned it an eight page and hmm. made my mom type out like the fourteen handwritten pages I had written on the <laughs> bus home or whatever. But it was just like 
I don't know, writing was something I always did. In middle school, I wrote a book, you know, a book, quote unquote, it was like 14 pages or whatever, <laughs> um, about like my friends and I all getting superpowers because we got sent up into space or whatever. And I don't know how I still had friends after that, but they all really liked it. And, um, we had a, I had a good time and I've always loved writing and, um, got into film because I liked making stuff with my hands and wanted to make props. There was this YouTube channel, Indie Mogul that, uh, showed people how to make props in their backyard, backyard BFX, um, huge inspiration in my life. And at one point my mom was like, Hey, you keep making these props. Are you ever going to put them in a movie? And so I realized, well, okay, I should put them in a movie, which means I got to write a movie and make a movie. And so kind of fell in love with that whole process. And, um, yeah, took, uh, three years of film class in high school, shout out Mr. Ortiz and, uh, went to, um, school for it in undergrad and now I'm getting my grad degree in it. So, um, Awesome. It's definitely something I love, and um, yeah, that's the short version. Wow, yeah, congrats, awesome. congrats on that. Uh, getting your uh, graduate degree in it—that is a—that's a huge accomplishment for sure. Um, do you still I... have any of those old scripts? Like any any of them lying around? Let's see. I mean, uh, do I have? I don't know. That's a really great question. I'm sure a lot of them exist on uh, a laptop that no longer runs. But um, I used I used Celtics for a long time, so I'm oh, yeah. sure there's stuff buried in there from the early 2000s. Um, yeah, I'd have to go digging, but that's uh, that's something I've always wanted to do is like go read an old script and, and rewrite it and uh, just see how much different it is now. Sure. Oh, that, yeah, that would that would be so fun, actually. Yeah, so I, actually, I don't know if you oh. uh, I don't know if you happen to listen to this episode, but. Um, it was a while back when we did our road trip episode and uh, we interviewed the writer and he was like, oh yeah, I started this script like 35 years ago and then I just finished it in this past year. Yeah. We were like, whoa. Wow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. A very impressive feat for sure. Um, I yeah. actually I actually have another question based off what you just said that'll kind of lead into uh, us talking about your script. Um, do, are any of those... Uh, props that you made, would they potentially make it in this film if you were to make it or produce it? Oh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm glad that 13-year-old Matt wasn't making models of dead dogs. That is uh, true. That feels like kind of the only significant <laughs> prop uh, from this movie, so I'm glad that uh, I did not have any weird interests as a child. <laughs> no, a lot of that stuff was like, you know, sci-fi grenades or ah, guns. Sure. I was really into that kind of stuff and so taking nerf guns and spray painting them a fun way um cool but no nothing nothing too realistic for this one well we'll have to figure out a way to work a sci-fi grenade into this one i think i I think it could be a lot of fun (laughs) but uh yeah so let's jump into more of the script and talk about that uh so obviously this is a comedy script and it's genuinely funny and which like thank you for that uh because (laughs) because you know uh, some comedy scripts are not funny (laughs) um so like where do you find your inspiration for for your comedy scripts and just scripts in general that you know i think um life is a is a great way to pull from and other art i think you know as creators we enjoy consuming what other people create i know that um this script was inspired by two separate jokes from a comedian of mine or a favorite comedian of mine where he's talking about like a dead horse nate bargazzi is the comedian and he's he's talking about a, a dead horse and he's like, you know, we got to get another one who looks like this before the kids come home. And then he's got another joke about his, they had to put his dog down. And so he had to tell his daughter that they had to put the dog down. And his wife is like, how'd it go? 
uh, you didn't tell her that I did it, did you? <laughs> and so sort of combining those two things and earlier drafts, Stella like actually did kill the dog because she hated the dog. And then we wow. realized that sort of takes that sort of takes away from the thematic truth of like lying to your kids and, and what that does. And, Definitely takes um, a darker turn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't it didn't feel right uh, for Stella to to be the one who killed Mr. Puddles. So, um, yeah, that's sort of the inspiration for this. And I don't know, being inspired by things that exist and, and truths that exist in our world and trying to put a funny spin on those any way I can. But, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What what do you find harder to write? If you if you do write drama, do you find that harder or do you find comedy harder to write? I, I do write a little bit of drama. Um, I think they both – I think I find drama harder to write only because it is so much harder to be sad and have to feel sad. I think mm. writing comedy is more fun because it's – I have an improv background and so it's so much more fun to just do improv at your desk while you're writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and have, and crack jokes and make yourself laugh the entire time rather than like trying to make yourself cry and exist in a, a headspace of sadness, uh, for an extended period of time while working on the piece. Um, and so I guess drama is a little bit harder in that way. Um, cause I, I don't like to be sad. Um, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. absolutely. I, I can agree with you on that one. I think <laughs> yeah, I hope no one does. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's so interesting. Cause I know we've had guests come on before who have said, you know, comedy is much harder to write for them. Um, so I just think it's interesting the different, the different perspectives yeah. on the writing. I feel like, yeah, an improv background would definitely help. I feel like as an, I don't know. I feel like as an actor, it definitely depends on how how deep and heavy the drama is. But comedy can be hard for <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, for sure. So so props to you for 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 making it easy for yourself. Yeah. So. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, both Stella and Kevin are described specifically with what they're wearing. So Kevin has a button up and slacks, and Stella with F leisure. Uh, do their outfit choices reflect anything about them as people that causes them to? land on on the side of the argument that they land on sure that's you know that i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure deep down um subconsciously that that was a choice that i made um i don't know i think i just like wanted kevin to be that dad who's coming home from work but mm-hmm. had to go pick up something for his wife and, and gets home and his his wife who you know she for me stella is the kind of gal who wakes up at 5 a.m because she's doing international business mm-hmm. and so by 2 30 by 2.30, she's done. And and so she's, you know, she's always working from home, making calls on the treadmill that they have or the Stairmaster or whatever in the basement. Um, and so uh, in, in a way, I think they do. Um, Kevin is definitely a little more uptight and is wearing his button down and his slacks. And uh, Stella is certainly trying to go with the flow and is dressed accordingly. Um, yeah, that's a great question, though. Yeah, no, that that exactly sort of what you were just saying is is kind of how I was uh, uh was thinking about it. It's also like uh in my mind it was like you know Kevin's Kevin's kind of put together coming home yeah. and he come, maybe a little comes more home like to this mess. Of a traditional working man, I guess. And yeah. then and then Stella is kind of like 
oh, I have to keep everything together and keep this all perfect, you know? And, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was it was interesting. I like it. Um, and I guess that also sort of leads into our next question kind of well, um, because I, I think there's, like, a, a really awesome mix of, like, visual and physical comedy, as well as sort of, like, verbal comedy, like traditional jokes, etc. Is there a specific style of comedy you gravitate towards writing, or do you just like writing funny in general? I think... You know, I'm definitely, I definitely come from a, I try to, I focus a little too much on the dialogue rather than the physical comedy. Uh, there are other people in my program who do physical comedy really great that I've, you know, tried to read their stuff and emulate. Mm -hmm. But I think I grew up on a lot of just jokey comedies. Um, I, every single jokey comedy is completely uh, gone from my mind as I'm trying to think of one. Of course. But, you know, I, I definitely think more about, um, what people are saying because i think for me that's funny but you know trying to emulate like edgar wright i think is such a great mix of both and he mm. really does physical comedy so well and, and visual comedy so well yeah um and so seeing what he does and and you know there's no way to live up to the auteur that is edgar wright but um you know if i could in some way uh channel that into my script i would love to um but yeah i definitely think i think more about dialogue rather than physical comedy yeah, absolutely. So, a question for you, going off of that. Edgar Edgar Wright is the one who did um, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, that trilogy, right? Yes, sir. Wh which is your favorite in that trilogy? Oh, I... You know, so I'm... I'm My thesis film right now is a zombie movie. Oh, and so okay. I've watched uh, Shaun of the Dead quite a bit. Um, it's a zombie comedy. And so, watching that movie a lot for inspiration and seeing how he handles the world and exposition and all that. So I, I definitely deep down really, really love that movie. But I think there's something about hot fuzz that really just feels right. Mm. Um, I, I love that, like one of that long shot where it's just Simon Pegg walking to the camera for 50 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yes. I think it's such a, such a ballsy move, but they, he, he pulls it off so well and it's so funny. Um, I think separately from the Cornetto trilogy, though, Scott Pilgrim is, mm. is my favorite Edgar Wright movie. And Baby Driver. I mean, all of his movies are iconic, so I can't really For sure. say too yeah, much. He, he's fantastic. I think I gravitate a little bit towards uh, Shaun of the Dead as well, just because that's the first one that I watched, and that sort of uh, almost introduced me to him. So, yeah, that, that's where mm -hmm. I land. Yeah. Totally. So the majority of the script is obviously funny, but towards the end, Stella and Kevin kind of dive into some real issues that may have been bottled up for a while about, you know, oh, well, I like living in the suburbs. And, yeah. Well, I grew up just fine in the city. Oh, well, maybe you didn't grow up just fine. Um, so do you think this event caused their relationship to have some issues or was this just more of a catalyst for their existing problems to ignite? Uh, yeah, I definitely think it's the second. Um, I am an actor as well and we're always taught like, you, you got to make someone laugh before you can make them cry. Mm. It's the only way to get that emotion out of them is to get them to laugh first. And so I, I definitely knew that I wanted it to be funny and then have a little bit of realism at the end and, and really see what this, this couple would be going through and what this would um, bring to the surface. Um, I, this is fourth or fifth draft or whatever that I had to do for class. And, um, people really wanted to know what what this would bring out of them, um, what these these arguments would bring out. And so, you know, there's stuff about Santa that's earlier on. Um, 
and the Easter Bunny and uh, Grandma Bootsy and all that. But I think ultimately when you get characters fighting like this, uh, especially a married couple, they're going to start poking each other's buttons better than anybody else, mm-hmm. pushing each other's buttons better than anybody else. And so um, you kind of run out of ammo, both as a screenwriter and as a person when you're trying to have these fights. And so you start to gravitate to the more personal things, the things that you know you've argued about or maybe you've tried to start arguing about, but um, you it's been cut short because you've had to go feed the baby or whatever. <laughs> um, sure. And so it's these it's these things that they've maybe wanted to say to each other in the past, but um, it's never been the right time. Or, um, you know, maybe Kevin feels like he didn't win that argument two years ago. And so now he's bringing it up again, trying mm-hmm. to get some sort of revenge. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I had a, I had an acting teacher who used to say uh, it's never about the dishes. In mm. reference to fights, you know, like yeah. the the immediate fight might be about the dishes, but it's really about, you know, something much bigger that they've been thinking about for a long time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I, I love the sentiment that you said uh, you have to make someone laugh before you can make them cry. And I think it sort of goes back to what you were saying with uh, just writing drama in general. You know, I feel like, you know, when, you, when you're in that full headspace of a drama, you're like, okay, I expect to cry in this movie. Sometimes you kind of put your guards up because, you know, especially if in that moment you don't want to cry, you might not be as open to it. But, you know, if, if, you, can, if you can make people laugh, if you can get their guard down, then it, uh, then it comes even more of a surprise when you do throw that stuff in there. And it can almost hit even harder than just in a straight drama, you know, just just really sad the whole time. So I I, I really like that sentiment. Um, so yeah, totally. We have we have technically one last question for the script. However, some of our personal questions kind of apply, uh, and this is a more of a fun one. So, what theme does Kendall choose for the party now? Obviously, it was supposed to be puppy themed, but <laughs> does that change? <laughs> Well, you know, she's got her new puppy. Um, <laughs> That's exactly so, what Lauren said when I first wrote the question. <laughs> so, so maybe it's um, new beginnings or uh, something along those lines. But, the circle um, of life. <laughs> yes, it becomes a Lion King uh, party very quickly. There you go. But uh, I love the idea of a five-year-old having a new beginnings birthday party. <laughs> That's a good one. That oh. is fantastic. Um, so yeah, now now let's jump into sort of uh, uh, those personal questions that we were talking about. Questions about you. And this first one definitely has to do with the script as well. So this is kind of a big one. What would you do if you are the parents of young Kendall? You find you find the, the dog deceased. What do you do? Do you try to find a replacement? Do you tell them the truth? Do you say they went to live on a farm? What's sort of your strategy for this? Yeah, I think, I mean, ultimately, I'd, I'd want to tell my child the truth. I think sitting in this position of privilege without a child um, <laughs> and without that really happening, I can easily say, oh, of course I tell him the truth. Um, I think, you know, it's it's really, it's tricky. I think I've definitely put a lot more of myself into Kevin. Mm. And um I think I exist in sort of a rational plane of like, let's tell her the truth and Santa's not real. And why do we have to lie about that? Um, And so I I definitely think I'm on Kevin's team of like, we just got to sit her down and tell her the truth. And she's going to cry for two days and this might ruin her birthday, but she's five years old and she's 
probably not going to remember her fifth birthday very well. Um, so I think, yeah, that's where I exist is telling the truth, you know, quickly. See, I want, I, I want so bad to say that I would do that same thing. And once again, sitting here right now, I can say it and I'll be like, yeah, whatever. I tell him the truth. But I, some, some, somewhere deep down, I have a feeling I'd be Stella in that situation in the backyard, just digging, trying to marry this dog and then find a new yeah. one. <laughs> I feel like, I, I feel okay. like I'm definitely the Kevin in this situation. Yeah, I, I, sure. I, you're definitely the Kevin. Yeah. Like, and I, I think I, <laughs> I, I think by default that that makes me the Stella. Yeah. So <laughs> just, just catch me in my athleisure in the backyard yeah. <laughs> digging a hole. Yeah, so this is a another script adjacent question, I guess. But at what age did you find out that Santa Claus wasn't real? And also, you know, the Tooth Fairy, the Easter Bunny, all that. Yeah, so um, I, honestly, I assumed this question would happen. Um, my <laughs> parents never never did Santa. My They just, you know, uh, we that was not a thing that they chose to uh, lie to their children about. It was kind of always mom and dad gave you gifts, uh, which caused issues sometimes in classrooms, uh, especially mm-hmm. my older brother, who's a little bit, uh, a little, a little bit peskier. I don't know what the right word is, but um, <laughs> he, he loves to uh, ruin kids days during Christmas time. Oh, um, oh, no. like, Actually, I know Santa's not real. Um, but we, that, that meant that, we got a lot of long talks about like, come on, kid, let kids have their fun. They'll find out when they do. My next door neighbor believed in Santa for a really long time. And so we just, you know, we existed in two different worlds, but uh, sort of acknowledged the same common truth of like Christmas is Christmas and, and gifts are gifts and, and appreciate the person who gave them to you. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, yeah, I never grew up with Santa. Um, and that I think was better ultimately allow me to be more grateful for my parents every year. No, that's yeah. definitely fair. I mean, I, what, you know, I, um, we had like a few locked closets in our houses and I just really <laughs> enjoyed bending a paperclip and getting into them. And, um, so, so I, when I was like eight, I found the closet where my parents hid the Christmas presents. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, that was kind of my realization. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I, I waited like a, a year or so before I told my younger sisters, but um, yeah. but I also, I didn't tell my parents that I found out because I thought, I, I did think that, oh, well, if they think I don't believe in Santa, they'll stop giving me gifts, so mm. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> you, you played yeah. it smart there. I, yeah. I actually have kind of a funny story about the Tooth Fairy specifically, so I, I, can't, I have no idea how old I was. I was obviously pretty young, and um, I, it, it was around the time when I like lost another tooth. And, you know, I, I think I heard my parents talking about it or something. And then uh, so th- so they were kind of like forced to tell me and they were like, OK, Jackson, you know, uh, the, the tooth fairy, you know, it's someone whose name starts with an M. My mom said this. My mom. And then I, in my mind, we had a family friend named Michelle. So in my mind, I was like, Michelle's the tooth fairy? And my mother was like, no, Jackson, it's me, your mother. So, so that was my that was my experience with being told about the tooth fairy. I think that's, that's I actually one. did a whole thing with the tooth fairy where um I I wanted to test and see if the tooth fairy was real. 
So I, I lost a teeth that was like farther in the back of my mouth and I didn't tell anyone mm. for like two days. He's slick. Yeah. Slick like and that. I was like, oh, no tooth fairy. And then once I told people, then I had something under the pillow, you know, like so. So that was how I found out the tooth fairy wasn't real. It doesn't mean the tooth fairy is not real. It just means she <laughs> needs communication too, Lauren, just okay. like everyone else. Uh, but Yeah, you send letters to Santa. Your, it, your parents got to send a beacon out to the tooth fairy. Exactly. Uh, there you go. The, the, the tooth fairy <laughs> signal. <laughs> um. So, speaking of my mother, she'll be very happy that I'm asking you this. Uh, do you have a dog? Uh, or, ha- like, have you had a dog? And if so, uh, what kind? And what is their name? Another excellent question. Um, both my brother and my dad were, were super allergic, and all I wanted as a kid were dogs. Oh. Uh, and so, I never had one, and have, have still never had one. Um, I think, recently, I discovered I might be a little bit allergic as well. Oh, no. Um but I, you know, grew up for a long time wanting to be a veterinarian and mm. loved animals and still love animals. And um, uh, so, so always, yeah, I've never had one. But so, um, let me think the kind of dog that I would want. Exactly uh, our next I think question. I'd want, a, I'd want a, a big dog, something I can just like wrestle with and play with. And um, one that catches a frisbee. I'm a big, <laughs> big frisbee guy. So. Definitely need a frisbee dog for sure. A frisbee catching dog. <laughs> That's See, oh yeah. I feel like I would want um because I've I've also never had a dog. I I grew up with fish, but um I want like a giant slobbery Saint Bernard, which is not the yep. best thing for someone living in Southern California. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Maybe some someday moving back somewhere cold. <laughs> um, yeah, because we growing up we had two small dogs for for most of my childhood we had a boston terrier and then a dachshund mix um but Mm. then recently uh my uh when i guess i was still in high school or i just got in college we got a uh boxer uh named panda so that's uh that's the dog we have now and yeah i I love big dogs i love small dogs give them all i like all all. the dogs yeah exactly (laughs) all of the dogs exactly Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so uh the only other thing that we have one more question Stella and Kevin activate their fight or flight here, right? They they kind of have to make a, a game time decision of, okay, are we going to tell the truth or are we going to replace the dog? So are you more of a fight or a flight guy? Or I think there's a third option now, right? Because there's freeze. I realize ah, I didn't write fight, that down in the question. Freeze. You're right, you're yeah. right. So which do you fall under? I, um, I think... I'm so glad you put freeze in there. I think I am a, uh, I think I'm a flight until I have thought about it. And then I get angry hours later and I'm like, Oh, I should have fought. Oh, I should have fought. Like, <laughs> um, so I, I like to think I'm a, I'm a fight, but I'm definitely, definitely a flight. Um, definitely more of a, avoid the confrontation and send the text or the Instagram message later about like, hey, actually, this is why you were wrong. And I looked up facts about it. And I hope that maybe we can come to an agreement on this at some point. And then like a heart emoji or whatever. Yeah, you, Very you, inappropriate. You do and your LOL, research. So they know that you're you're kidding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you do your research. You're a research fighter, if you will. There you go. <laughs> what That's do you think I mean. you are, Lauren? Um, yeah, I feel like... I don't know. I feel like if it's just getting in an argument or having a confrontation, I'm probably more of a fight person. But if it yeah. would be like a, a physical confrontation, I'm probably more of a flight until all else fails <laughs> person. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's tough because like I think 
like my very basest instinct, and I guess it depends on the situation, is like is a bit of freeze. But then if I have like any time to think about it, then I think I'll go into fight. But I think my very base is just like freeze, like what is happening? Assess situation. Sure. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. Now let's go. <laughs> so if I have if I have time, yeah. So I guess a slightly researched fighter. Yeah. yeah I don't know. <laughs> I I have like I just have a hard time holding my tongue sometimes if someone makes me mad. So. What? Hey, Jackson. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're having a Stella and Kevin moment here, I guess. <laughs> no. Um, so there'll be some real feelings put into this script reading. Oh, yeah, man, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much, man, for, for coming on. Those were all of our questions. Uh, I guess first, do you have any questions for us? That you would like to ask on air? <laughs> oh man, uh, I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't expecting this. I haven't. Uh, and none of the episodes I've listened to have had uh, the writer ask questions. Yeah. Well, um, we we, we first, actually had one last week. So. Yeah. We, we first had it happen last week, so this is new for us too. So I figured I would offer just in case. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Uh, I assume you guys started this because of quarantine. Like, what was? I mean, what was like the inspiration? What were those conversations that happened? Yeah, um, I actually thought about starting this back when I was in college. So it was, you know, a good year or two before quarantine started. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had wanted to do it, you know, when I got settled down in a in a city after graduating. And ideally, you know, I was going to be able to run this thing with Jackson and, you know, invite all of my actor friends in the area over and we would all record stuff. <laughs> and then um, we finally got the time to start it in quarantine. But instead, we've mostly been yeah. recording with either our housemates in person or, you know, actors over Zoom and stuff like that. Yeah. So new friends, yeah. new friends. Um, but yeah, yeah. So Lauren, Lauren, the brainchild of this operation, <laughs> really. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and addition, do you have anything you would like to plug? Anything coming up in your life? Oh, man. Uh, nothing Nothing really, like, coming up. Um, if you guys, like, if people want to watch the movies that I make, because I uh, direct them as well, um, I'm, just, I'm Matthew Rogers on YouTube. Uh, my film, Poppy Seed, which is, like, uh, quarantine is certainly uh, a time vacuum, but it's been almost a year since I've released it. Wow. Um, but that's that's out on YouTube. Um, that is the kind of the one drama that I have written. Ooh. Okay. Um, but it's uh, it's a movie that I love and I'm super proud of, and uh, the cast was amazing, and I'm very grateful to know them and have them in my life and to have all the people who worked on it work on it and do so well. So, yeah, Matthew Rogers' Poppy Seed. Absolutely. If, if Lauren and I, uh, and we will, we will do this, we're going to find that. We're going to put it a link in our description. So if you want to watch any of Matthew's works, Poppy Seed, etc., then Check go there. Out. You can find that. Uh, all right, Matthew. There you go. Thank you so much, man. We really appreciate it. Had a, had a lot of fun, as I'm sure we did reading your script, even though we technically haven't done it yet. However, <laughs> I, I'm sure we did. As future everyone, us will have fun. Future us will have so much fun. So uh, th- thanks so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was awesome. Yeah, all right. Have a good one. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.